Welcome, welcome back to the Simply King Podcast. This is your boy, Rodney Perry. And um, I want to just, you know, before I start, I just want to thank all of all people who've guessed on my show and you know just all people giving me their time and especially you know people who listen listen to what we got to say listen to what we got going on just find everything that's going on with this podcast interesting and just keep on supporting so what's going on this week this week is a person that we've attempted you know i swear it's, it's real when it comes to this technology like you technical difficulties are always missed so I had to bring him back I thought he was a very 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 interesting person had a lot to say as well as um, just a great opinion and just viewpoint and outlook on life so I have my brother from coming all the way from San Antonio now living in Chicago and had a lot going on for him got a lot going on for himself been a lot of places seen a lot of shit and um, he's now here with us at the Simply King Podcast, talking some good old shit. Welcome, Jacob Sandoval. How you doing, bro? Yo, what's up, man? Um, I'm doing good. You know, just <laughs> doing the day to day, talking good shit is that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I feel like you don't find it too often. You, you, like, I've, I've, it's not too many guys you can sit here and talk to and actually be compelled by whatever they say or even be interested in what the hell they say because most men these days are either interested in some shit that you're not interested in, sports, just only sports and nothing else. It's like no real true dimension to them. It's like you just real flat. Yeah, I think you you can't one track mind. Yeah, exactly. You can't find people who you can relate to as well. Like some people will agree with you just to just to get to to the next conversation or the next topic of the conversation. But you know, it's, you're right. It's, it's a rare find. It's hard to, to come to come by those people. So let's let's jump into. Uh, so what we're talking about today is, I really want to you know really touch on several different things and not to be too broad and just bounce around too much. But I felt like my guest today has so much, you know, so many different things that you can bring to the conversation. That I definitely want to talk um, dabbling race, dabbling you know his love for hip hop and just talk about you know today's hip hop. You know what? Let's jump right into that. How about that? Uh, have you heard views? I have. Yeah, I heard it. What you think? Tell me what you think about it. Uh, I think uh, he kind of stepped back to his, his old ways. You know, uh, all that singing. Yeah, all, yeah, yeah. all the singing, just bringing it back. You know, like the was the comeback season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he was singing on that, and then uh, he kind of stepped away from it to show his uh, lyrical skills, mm-hmm. and that's great. You know, but uh, my favorite album by him still is Take Care. And Me too. I, yeah, I feel Me like too. I feel like that's where it went back to, and it's it's nice, man. It's 
I, I liked it. I really enjoyed the album. I'm, I think since this whole, you know, Quentin Miller shit came out and just this whole thing about he don't write and all this, yeah. I believe now that that happens, I feel like being a, one of Drake's first fans, truthfully, I, right. you know, I feel like I was a Drake fan since like 08. Right, right, exactly. It's a long time, and I got off of him, you know, once it became even more mainstream and more people got to know who he is. But um, essentially, like, all of, like, ten bands, like, the whole majority of that, you know, if you're reading this, it's too late. Right. Mixtape, for like, you could tell a lot of that was Quentin Miller. Right, right. Compared to, you know, the, when he put out these studio albums. Right. Majority of it has a lot of, you know, soulfulness to it, a lot of personality, a lot of his own personal life stories, and just has a lot of, you know, I guess it's rhythmic tones. He's real, it's real melodic. He wants to sing more. He, he exactly. feels the types to sing more than those singles on there. All those, you know, more rap involved singles. I, exactly, I think that's just him naturally, you know, um, like you can tell on the previous albums or that one, at least if you're reading this, it's too late. Mm -hmm. uh, the flow is illustrated and you can tell, I, I mean, it's definitely him, but there's a, there's a touch of, of someone else. Of course. You know, and that, that's great, you know, cause that brings somebody else into the table or into the mix at least. But, um, what do you think about that? Like getting co-writers when you're, you know, I, a rapper, MC, like I, true, my, true. My thing is like I, I'm old school. Like you know, I'm not older than like the old cats from hip, like the originators of hip hop. But like my era grew up, you know, you write your music, you write your rhymes, mm -hmm. and you know, you, you you spit it, you know, you go with it. Uh, Cause you know, I'm, I'm on the the you know the Nas and the, the Biggies and all you know, it's Tupac, of course. But uh. You know, like artists like you know, like Drake. Mm -hmm. Like if he has someone ghostwriting from it, and it sounds good, and he can deliver it better than the person who actually wrote it. Yeah. Then you know, hey, I'm all for it as long as um, as long as there's originality behind it. Like you put your own persona behind the lyric. Of course, of course, of course. I, I don't know. It's like I feel like inspiration in it. Just you know, I think about this. This, this book I read by uh, Arthur named uh, Andy Cohen. Okay. Where he was basically talking about you know. Still Like an Artist, it's the name of the uh, book. And he has two books, Still Like an Artist and uh, Show Your Work. And within Still Like an Artist, he speaks about originality. You know, he speaks about how, you know, nothing is new under the sun. I feel like it has a lot to do with when it comes to our inspirations. You know, we may be inspired by this and inspired by that. And I feel like there's nothing wrong because great art can still come from all those inspirations. Right. And, um, and also I feel like people play off stuff, you know? Like, yeah, you might have wrote this whole thing, but you just, got this off of, you know, a Annie musical, you see right. what I'm saying? Like, he yeah. done wrote this great verse, it's Jay-Z, but you done got a sample from this to create this whole piece of work, you see what I'm saying? So right, it's right. like, yeah, yeah, but come on now, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, as long as the work is good, you can feel it, because it's, it's so many songs, like, especially like R&B songs that people wrote for people. Right. Maybe wrote it in their own voices, and yet they still a perfect example of that is Neo. You know, he wrote a lot of a lot of music. He wrote some real music for Mario. He wrote He wrote uh, Irreplaceable, son. Yeah, he wrote yeah for Beyonce. Irreplaceable? Yeah. Even I even I tap my toe. That shit <laughs> live, yeah, yeah, he he does his thing, man. So like there are writers who, who can really deliver. Really and I'm deliver. sure I'm sure they can sing it themselves, but, it's, but it's they, they can hear it in other people and they'll be like, alright, yeah, this person can do it better. Smokey Robinson was notorious for that. He wrote, exactly. he wrote a lot for the temptations. Exactly. So, you know, it's the same it's the same it's been this has been happening for a while. Same thing, same yeah. thing. Another um, another thing that's really hot right now, and I I think I should point out because you know we definitely gonna dabble in race while we're in this conversation mm -hmm. is my brother. If you didn't notice from the name, Jacob Sandoval 
comes from the side of, you know, the very well-known Hispanic community within America. Right. Coming from San Antonio. Yeah. And um, I just want to know, what do you think about this whole ascension of Trump? You know what I'm saying? In today's, how, how he's getting a lot of media attention and also actually gaining some type of, you know, ground within his, uh, his run for presidency. Now he is the the nomination, you know, like the, right? Yeah, he's the, the leading. He's a leading nominee, which is so, uh, to me that's scary. You know, like, uh, uh, you know, man, like, I don't know much about Trump, but I do know enough to say that I feel, there's there's ignorance that, that that's behind him. You know what I mean? Like, like if if you watch his debates, he answers the question with the question, or it's it's or or an insult to the candidate. Damn. He doesn't really deliver a. a a specific or detailed answer, mm -hmm. and you know I'm not I'm not political like that, man. But to have someone like that like lead the country, you know, me being Hispanic, but more importantly me being, uh, you know, prior service, you know, military, like, you know, since I served in the Marine Corps, you know, Marines aren't made to fight wars. You know, we're made to to go out there and scout and we do the recon first and you know, the reconnaissance. You know, the army, the army's for it. However. You know, it has, you know, I'm not, not to take away from other branches. It's just, you know, in the, with the military in general, it's really hard to, you know, to come from that background to know that we're probably going to go back into another war yeah. with Iraq exactly. or somewhere else in the Middle East because, you know, Donald Trump really has a problem with people, you know, and from foreign lands because mm -hmm. you know, America is great. And I truly believe that, but you got to, there has to be morals behind what you believe, you know, especially believing in America is great or like, a, or taking the next step and going into war, you know, with something that we've already settled in. and you know, we can't we can't really dabble into those things yet. Especially when we're still we're still trying to, you know, end this war with Afghanistan. That started back in 2000, 2001. You know, we were youngsters back then. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, and I served still, there, you know. Thing. Yeah, you know, serving there and it's, and it's it's still a very relevant thing. You know what I mean? We're we're still going to be there a while. And so with that, with that, like, it's really hard for me to want Trump to be president. Exactly. With my, with that background in me. And exactly. on top of that, you know, me being Hispanic and him saying the things that he said about Hispanic people, mm -hmm. it, you know, it's just, you can't really follow that. You know, like, especially Hispanic people, you know, Mexican people, like, specifically, you know, because that's just my national, nationality, you know, the heritage behind me, you know, they're very prideful. You know, we believe in our family. Respectively. Yeah, you know, yeah, we, we have a lot of pride in, and, you know, sometimes we can be a little stubborn, but, you know, we put that aside for being, you know, logistical or being practical, mm -hmm. you know, and like we don't, we don't let that, we don't let that get the best of us. And I feel like that's, that's going to be the issue if Donald Trump becomes president, you know what I mean, so. I think um, it's interesting how, you know, America, like especially the majority population, the majority, um, demographic of America being white have really shown out and shown true colors right. and, and agreeing with all these things that Trump is saying. Right. And I find it funny because in, in the black community a lot of stuff that's coming out now, a lot, a lot of stuff that's been happening for the past three to five years have been a lot of things we've been saying. We've been getting shot in the street. Right. You know, we've yeah. been we've been getting, you know, criminalized in all different types of ways, just from what we're wearing, to assuming that we're just criminals, to assuming that we're on drugs, to assuming if we're in a specific place that this is what's happening. And I feel like that is um something that's very similar with the our two communities. Yeah. And that was one, you know, that really sparked this 
additional piece into this podcast that made me really think like we really got to get on and talk about you know of course the arts but I feel like it's something even deeper there and I, I wanted to action because within the black community I feel like there's so many different mixtures because of our relationship and our history within America right that it's some people who feel totally just you know betrayed or just used and oppressed yeah by this whole system within America the thousands and millions of systems that, that are in place right. to keep people down. Yeah. Do you feel, I guess, is it, in the, is it the same way within Hispanic culture or specifically Mexican culture? Um, yeah, there are, there are like, um, coming from like a financial standpoint, yes. You know, mm-hmm. the, the Hispanic community still, I wouldn't say oppressed or, you know, like living low, but uh, it's really hard, you know, for it to come from like I'm not a black man, but I'm still I'm still you know, I'm a man of color, you know, and that that in itself is still hard, to, you know, to for, for like to gain any type of success, you know. I've never like really believed in the whole idea of you know like just because you're white you get by, mm-hmm. but lately you know lately you know because I got I got a best friend who you know he's he's white, you know what I mean? But like he grew up you know within the Hispanic community. And it, it's different, you know what I mean? Because he grew up differently. But people who grew up in an all-white community or people who, who are even of color and grew up in an all-white community just have it completely different, you know, compared to like the, the background that you came from, the background that I came from. You know, I came from the west side of San Antonio, which, you know, the, the average income for her household with both parents is like $35,000, $40,000, which doesn't get you anything. Nothing. You know, even in San Antonio, which is a low-income city, but you know you don't need much to, to make it there. But it's you know like how can people really survive off of that? So we managed to make you know we managed to get by, but it's still really hard. Like it's it's a challenging thing uh, to have to you know to just to succeed. You know to have some type of success. You know graduating is probably the best thing that, that any any man of color can do. You know in this in the, in today's society. And, and you know that's that's crazy because Ken Peel. I love KMP. I don't know if yeah, you watch them. Absolutely. But one thing, one, one uh, kind of like, because they always do little talks before their sketches. Their sketches. Right. One thing I always stuck out to me was one episode where they were speaking about how come when it comes like white college movies, it's always this, uh, you know, I can't stand college. I don't want to be here. I'm so fucking privileged and I can't stand it type yeah. of film. But when it comes to person of color being in that film, it's like, I'm going to go to college. And I'm gonna right. make it through. I'm gonna, I'm gonna complete uh, this. Yeah, and, it's like, and it's like, damn, our views on life are so different. And, exactly. and also, our goals have been, you know, demoted to be very, very, I guess, small. And we, and we value those. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like because, because a lot of different cultures and our different cultures just value things that other cultures may seem as just a milestone. Like mm-hmm. this is, it's not the end all, be all. It's yeah. not just, you know, some shit to do, just do this for us, and you made the whole family cry, no, make something of yourself, do this, that, and third. Right. And because I've, there's people I know back home, if you graduate just high school, all I want you to do is graduate high school. Yeah. Whatever you do after that, it's cool because no one in our family, hardly anyone in our family graduated high school. And then you yeah. have certain families where no one graduated college. And it's like, all we want you to do is graduate college. We don't care what you do after that. And it's yeah. like, 
we have to set higher expectations for each other. Exactly. You know? I completely and agree. especially with our different communities, because we have so much against us, mm -hmm. you know, especially this time we've been here. And it's it's so interesting, I feel like something that blew my mind when I came here was the different um the, the amounts of black people and the amounts of Hispanic people within Chicago is ridiculous. And we're essentially the same. It's around like 30, uh, like 30 percent black, around like 28 Hispanic. Right, yeah, the numbers and are the same, yeah. It's essentially the same numbers and everything else is everything else. And it's like we're in some of the, some of the same situations. You know, just when it comes to our same uh, issues within uh, within our cultures. Yeah. You know, even it's economical, it uh, comes, you know, it comes from a sociologist standpoint of, you know, just growth and actual education. Right. All these different things. And I always wonder why is there a disconnect? Like, because I see similarities. And especially when it comes to, you know, I guess I would say, you know, people who are, I guess, quote unquote, pushed down or not helped enough to see this similarity and actually, you know, help each other and fight with each other and, you know, build each other up. Yeah. You would think. But I think it's uh, it's culture. It, yeah, I, I think I, I think it literally exactly. is it's, it's solely it starts and begins with the culture barrier and as well as uh, also the uh, the reason why we're here, like historically, right. you know. And I feel like you speak on you speak on pride, and I feel like the fact that there is a pride within within the culture, and there is this very pseudo pride within Black culture. It's not full. It's like maybe twenty five percent right. of the Black culture in America is proud to be black. Right, right. Half of them trying not to be, it's another half that's don't lost in the sauce. Right. Just don't even give a damn about melanin popping or just being equal to everybody else and right. all lives matters type shit. Right, understood. I, I, I just want to know, what do you what do you think about, is there, uh, I, guess this, uh, I guess this sense of, you know, you gotta be proud, do things for the community within Hispanic yeah. community too, like, I guess, is there a conscience? Kind of like a conscious, like Hispanic community. That's what I'm saying. I, in the in the Hispanic community, the conscious like is definitely there. Like I was 10 years old and I, I realized I was poor. Damn. And you know, I was in fifth grade and I, I like that's when I understood like yeah I'm, I'm poor. Like yeah. my family's poor. Like you know I live with my grandmother. With you know my whole family, which is a family of you know I got three siblings mm -hmm. and my and my mom and my dad. Uh -huh. You know and we're living in my grandma's house. You know, and I, it's just a bunch of people living there, and I was like, that's when I that's when I understood the idea of being poor. So, with that, you know, with that being said, we were, I was always conscious. You know, I was we were always very aware that financially speaking, you know, it was the money was never there. You know, we had enough money to pay the bills, get some food. You know, maybe you know once a year, get some new clothes, some new shoes. You know, but uh, you know, as far as me being me being Hispanic or you know me, me being Mexican American. I was definitely conscious of where I grew up, you know, where I came from. I was, you know, I was aware of my surroundings the whole time. Like, I just understood. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I live on the west side of San Antonio. It's not the greatest part of the city, but I, like, I grew up humbled, you know, like I was, like th thinking back on it now, like I was happy that I grew up that way because I probably would have grew up, you know, living on, on the other side of town, besides the north side, it's, you know, there's so, any, any, anything could have happened, you know, but, um, far as like the disconnect like like I can't speak for someone like outside of my own like race or community but I was definitely conscious and I was definitely aware like of what was going on like I didn't want to be another statistic 
in my city. Yeah. You know, because the whole the whole idea was like, we just want you to graduate. You know, exactly. like, yeah, you got to be the first one to graduate in the family, or like you got to be the, you just got to graduate. Mm-hmm. Like, like why is that? You know, like so like my question that like, you know I'm answering the same question with your question like, like it's really hard to answer that question because I'm not gonna say necessarily oppression, but we're used to it. It's, it's normalized. Like, yeah, exactly. Like we're like oh, shit. At least if we graduate, then you know we're good. You know what I mean? We can at least get a good job, and then we can be proud proud about that. But now it's it, like things are slowly changing. Like now we want more. Yes, and the pedagogy of the, of of just oppression teaches us that you know that once you oppress a group of people or subsect of individuals, they will start to oppress each other. Right. Naturally. Yeah. It's, it's almost an innate quality that people start to inherit. Yeah. Like, if you oppress them well, like, long enough, there will be individuals within that who will just keep that going on, and you don't even have to really touch that anymore. You just have to create the system and allow it to just do what it do. Right. And, and if there is, you know, somebody who kind of, like, pushes back try to be this freedom fighter, try to, you know, wake people up, then that's when you know, okay, we gotta take him out. We gotta go ahead and get rid of this dude. Gotta go ahead and do that. We ain't we in Chicago. And I think uh, it scared the hell out of me. Cause right before I, um, you know, I came here, I was, you know, I was in school, did a lot of, you know, community service, did a lot of, you know, just talking to different panel discussions. And I, and I feel like, my, later in my matriculation through college, I got really, really deep within, you know, just race relations and just, you know, want, and just extremely more conscious in position and social location of black Americans and just all minorities as a whole. And I was at this panel discussion for NAACP and somebody afterwards came up and they was like, you remind me of Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton. I was just like, you playing, you shitting me, right? <laughs> I'm sitting here like, I was in this panel discussion, even though I might have even slightly prepared and had some talking points and shit like that, that definitely made me want to faint. Right. Because, and then like once, because I knew enough and then like immediately I wanted to know more about this man. Right. And like, it came full circle when this uh, when the Black Panther documentary came out. And they, you, you can't talk about the Black Panthers and you know, their whole kind of like, just lineage of people who were monarchs within it right. without speaking about him. And this is the fact that what he was doing was so unprecedented when it came to like connecting here. Like he was, ha- he was having talks with straight white people in the room, speaking and telling them about this is what's going on. This is what's going on to you too. But you're not seeing it. Right. Like you're, you're lost in the sauce. You, you see yourselves as better than us. But in actuality, you don't have shit either. I'm over here with twenty dollars in my pocket. How much you got? Type of thing, and this, and just those getting those people in those rooms and just keeping it that simple and that real with them. Yeah, makes you makes them understand because they gotta regardless they don't feel it when they in that room. They gonna go home and think about it like, damn, that black man was right. And if they still got some prejudice in their heart, they're like, damn, that nigga was right. Yeah, like yeah. I don't, I don't got shit. I am, the, I am exactly the same. You. Only difference is he in all black neighborhood broke, and I'm in all white neighborhood broke. That's you're it. Right, you're right. Someone that's lost, you know, someone that's that's lost would, would would say that, and that's just that's just him making him conscious of what's really going on. That's it. That's so. it. Now I feel like immediately, like when I finally chose, like made the decision to come here, just was 
kind of like full circle. Yeah. And then that, starting this podcast, everything is like, damn. And I feel like I really started to pay attention even more to the people that I spoke to. And just to find out their different trials, yeah. different things they went through, hear about whatever they're going and be receptive to whatever that is, and especially how it is to be in this city. It's extremely interesting city. It's extremely segregated, segregated still to this day. You it know, is, like you, I, I've, I've heard people speak about Chicago and say they're from Chicago, and immediately before, without even getting any more information about this person, it was like, oh, you from the west side or south side? Okay, yeah. Like they, yeah. They, they, that, they, that makes perfect sense. They're like putting them, they're like putting them where they know they're gonna be. Yeah, exactly. Like there's just labels behind. Like you gonna you gonna either be where other, where the black folks say, or you gonna be where the black folks say. Because yeah. you evidently <laughs> black. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And I, I would assume they probably do the same thing if you was just spending. Like, oh, you stay in such and such. Oh, you stay off of such and such. It, you yeah. stay in Pilsen or you stay off of uh, Humboldt Park. Very true. Like you know, you think about that. Like, and if you go to San Antonio, San Antonio is one big circle. Uh huh. So you got the you got the north side, the south side, the west side, the east side. I mean, obviously, there's little subdivisions and like right. little small neighborhoods you know that are like have specific names but you know like if you're Mexican like you live on the west side or the south side mm -hmm. somewhere you know some trickle on the on the east side mm -hmm. now if you're black you live mainly on the east side or the northeast side now that's just people like of your own like race and society sticking together and if you're white you live on the north side or you live on the outskirts of San Antonio which is the county which is Bear County you see what I'm saying so like and or if, you, if you're white and you live on the south side you just had bad string of luck and you just you, you know you don't have the money that they that you probably should be having yeah you see so like it like it there's there's a slow blend but yes exactly like the way it does the way the way that it falls in san antonio is the same thing like oh you're mexican like what side of town you live on and you're already automatically thinking like either the west side or the south side you know what i mean like oh you live on, you live on the north side then damn you, you must have money you see what i mean yeah so like because there's two loops two highway loops and then if you live inside the loop, inside the first loop, which is called 410, then you're poor. You know, you, you, make, this, you make this much amount of money. Mm -hmm. Now you're not necessarily poor, you might, you might have like a, a lot of money, you choose not to live out there, but that's a small number. Yeah. Now if you live on the outside of 410, then you, got, you know, you're doing all right, you're mediocre, you, you're middle class, but you're upper middle class and you got some money. If you live outside the, the last loop, the outside loop, which is 1604, then you got money. You know what I mean? And like money, like it, out there is like, $150,000 houses to like $400,000 houses, but these are big houses, you know? And if you're, if you're Mexican or if you're a man of color and you live out there, then, you, then you're doing all right. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? So like, and then, you know, just like you said, like it's almost programmed to think this way. Like if, if you're white and you live out there, then that's, what, that's exactly where you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah. But if you're white and you live, live on the east side where all the black people live, or you live on the west side where all the Mexicans live, then what happened? Like, what's, there's something wrong. You see what I mean? So like those, those types of questions come to mind and it's a natural way to think because we were raised that way. You see yeah. what I mean? So like, I guess like, you know, going back to like the very beginning how you said like, that's just the way, that's the way things, that's the way things are. Like, we're, you know, the way the oppression is, and the, the way the oppression happened, like it just it programmed us to think a certain way. Yeah. You see what I mean? So like we ask, we ask these questions that, that aren't normal, or I'm sorry, that are normal because they're part of the normality of, the, of our lives. But when you think about it, really they shouldn't be. You know what I mean? So like, and I do want to know this, just to turn, just to turn to a different um, part of the discussion, bringing them all two together. Within, um, you know, because I feel like you know, African Americans and and Hispanic Americans, Mexican Americans, especially, we're not, you know, neither one are all just a, this, you know, 
it's not just one dichotomy of people, you know, right. it's not just one linear, we're all the same type of situation. Yeah, no. Nah. But I do want to know this, within your family specifically, or just, you know, what it, just whatever, whatever your upbringing was, because in my family, it was more so, you know, you can date whoever. Yeah. You can be with whoever, as long as they respectful, whatever, whatever. Was those same things told you, or was it kind of like, you got to be with the Mexican girl? You got to be with somebody who, who speaks Spanish and, 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 and grandma better be Spanish type of thing. <laughs> no, not at all. No, you know, my parents were very uh, understanding. They, you know, my dad grew up on the, uh, he grew up on the West side. Sort of my mom grew up on the West side, like, which is mainly Mexican. Mm-hmm. If you if you see my dad, you know, he has hazel eyes, you know, he's light skin. Yeah. He looks, he looks like the whitest Mexican boy you'll ever see in your life, you know? Yeah. But uh, but he speaks, you know, perfect Spanish. My mom speaks Spanish as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandma too. But like, they never like said, hey, you know, son or Jacob, you got to date only a Mexican girl or yeah. a girl of Hispanic heritage. Exactly. Nah, it's never been like that. You know, they've never ever told me anything. You know, they're, they're like, you know, if you know, like if you, you'll know when you're ready, but if you, uh, if you, if you bring a girl around and she's not Mexican or she's not Hispanic, you know, we're not going to say anything. You know, we're not like that. You know, so and I always thought that was a good thing. Um, you know, I've definitely dated outside of my race, but you know, like they, yeah, no, nothing, nothing to that point where like it's, it's nothing like that. I wouldn't even say that they're old school. Or they're, um, they, you know, they're stuck to their roots of, that's the way it should be. Uh, it's never, it's never been like that. You know, they've always been open-minded people, which is, which is great. And I, I bring another thing together because you know, of course, love and sex and. Just good looking, good looking people will always bring folks together, you know what I'm right. saying? <laughs> right. I feel like, you know, when it comes to just, when you talk about black and Spanish women, it's just like, talking about some of the most beautiful women in the world. Yeah, like, it's, nice. it's kind of like, <laughs> you throwing in a lot together, and you, yeah. if that's, that's what you've been with, it's like, bro, you, you kind of went in and that's all you ever dated, you know what I'm saying? I can kind of think about exactly the way your life has been, it's been amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no shade to no one else. Like, but not, not at all. Not, not at all. It's not at all. But I do want to bring it back to hip hop. Okay. And I feel like hip hop culture as a whole has, you know, shown to be very, very colorless throughout the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And especially in places, you know, such as like in New York, and also, you know, a lot of Spanish in different, like different language, language places, uh, language speaking places such as in the Caribbeans and yeah. Puerto Ricos and all these different things. And it sprouted so much, uh, sprouted so many different genres of music, you know, with reggae tone and, yeah, and right. just different, you know, people getting into reggae and just different types of, you know, Spanish rappers and all these different things. Why do you think hip hop, I guess, why do you think these two ethnicities felt so strongly to be a part of this, you know, the growth of hip hop and actually contributed to what hip hop was becoming? Well, that goes back to the, you know, the last topic. You know, it came out of oppression. You know, the Bronx, it's the borough. You know, in New York, they, they were oppressed. Like, not, not, you know, not just to throw shade on, you know, the borough of Bronx. You know, but like, that's literally where it happened. You know, what I'm saying that's where hip hop was, was born. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The majority of that community is Hispanic and Black. Exactly. You know what I mean? So like, and it's, it's not the people were oppressed, but they, it was just major neglect. In that, just in that area, you know, not just in that area of New York. You know, I'm not from New York. I, I won't necessarily speak on it, but that's just, you know, from what I know. You know, I've done my research. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. You know, and instead of fighting each other, you know, they got tired of doing that. You know, they came together and was like, yo, we we gotta change. Like this has to change. Like us fighting each other doesn't make our community any better. Exactly. So you know that that it changed. You know, and and out of out of oppression, man, hip hop was evolved. 
And damn, you know, I got quoted, you know what I mean? Like KRS once said it best, like hip hop, it didn't invent anything, but it reinvented everything. everything. You know what I mean? Like, and that was real. Like, it's it, so real. One of the, like, one of the, the pioneers for him to say that, and like, it, it gets you thinking like, yeah, you're absolutely right, it did. True. You know what I mean? Like, like, and you're, and you're right, hip hop is definitely like, there's, there's no color. You know what I mean? The best rapper, the best lyricist, I should say, in the game is white, you know, from Detroit. And I honestly, I personally believe it take out anybody that tried to battle rap him. You know what I mean? Because he's, he's just on a whole other level. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, hip hop is it's just, it's its own entity. And it's, for people who truly believe in it, it's, it's, in, it's in the way you walk, it's in the way you talk, it's in the way you dress, it's your whole personification. Very true. It's, like, it's the way you deliver yourself. Like there's, there's it's hip hop, it's behind you. You know what I mean? It's or not necessarily behind, but it's within you. Mm -hmm. You know, and I truly believe that. You know, people who don't, people who don't understand it, that's fine. There's something wrong with it, but it's a lifestyle. It's not one that you practice to live. It's just one that you live naturally mm -hmm. because you grew up in it. It's, it's, it's you're surrounded by it. It's, it's definitely like in the within the, the Hispanic culture. It's definitely within the black culture. You know what I mean? It, now it's in the white. It's in the, the it's in the white culture mm -hmm. and. It's great, man. It's that, like, I love it. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm all for hip-hop. Yeah, I, I, I find it interesting how it's, like, just from my own experience, how we it always seem like, you know, black and brown people have always been able to kind of vibe and weave out of, yeah. you know, different cultural traits that we may all, maybe we may both possess. Yeah. That may be similar. One may have started another, whatever, whatever. But it's like, we can go in and out, you know? Like, we understand... You have this sense of, you know, this and that, and territory and family or whatever, whatever. Yeah. I can understand and I can respect that. Give you yours, get mine. Yeah. Loved it. I always loved it about just black and brown folks. But I feel like there is that connection. Like we really have to build on that, you know, in the sense of actually coming together collectively. Yeah. And actually, you know, yeah. doing something about whatever issue that is that we have because I feel like if it's affecting one person, it's gonna always affect the next. Yeah, it, 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 that's very true. And it's because I feel like one thing we can both learn from each other is I feel like, you know, uh, black folks are extremely, extremely uh, prideful in a sense of, you know, once it kind of gets to a point to where we see seeing this is some bullshit, we're gonna wanna say something, regardless of however it's guided. Right. We're gonna wanna be a part of the shit. We're real galvanizing type of people. We wanna wanna march, if that's what's going on, we wanna throw some bricks, throw some rocks, let's do this or whatever. And what I noticed from when it comes to uh, the Hispanic community, just from my vantage point, is it's a very uh, it's a big on sacrifice sometimes. It's big on like doing what needs to happen, doing what needs to be done. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, regardless of, you know, However, you know, how, however and however long this takes. Right. It's kind of like, and I feel like that's why this whole stigma or stereotype of, you know, oh, we're just getting Mexicans to do it because it's a job yeah. that you don't want to do. Yeah, which, which is a sad thing. But the thing about it, I feel like it came back and bit the world and society in the ass because now you have owners of businesses. Now you have, you know, people who own in landscaping businesses or people who are owning all these different things. And I, I think I was listening to a podcast and I feel like I mentioned it on a, um, on a, like with the conversation I've had with a few of my colleagues. And I was just saying like, the crazy thing becomes, when it comes to black and, uh, and brown people is, if I wake up and I was a little boy 
and I tell my mom or whoever, whoever, I want to be a dishwasher when I grow up. I want to do, I, that's where I'm at. That's what I feel like doing. Right. And I'm quoting this from, I can't remember who I'm quoting this from, but this is what they said. And um, when it comes to the black women, they'll be like, that's not it. You could do way more. You need to be president. Shoot for the stars type of situation, which right. is cool. They're trying to build them up to yeah, I guess, exactly. have bigger, bigger, I guess, bigger aspirations in a way. Yeah, exactly. But you don't know what type of seed was growing in his head, what type of imagination this person had. Exactly. Yeah. While I feel like when it comes to a lot of Hispanic communities, like, hey, props, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, you know, wash dishes. Okay. All right. Me, how we gonna get you these dishes? We gonna get you this or whatever. You know what? We even got a little bit of spare, a little piece of money. We say we gonna get you a dishwasher. Okay, you know, I always take that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And and, it, and that turns into things. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Or we're gonna we're gonna cut these lawns. We're gonna make this food because people evidently like it. Right. We're gonna do whatever we gotta do. Take whatever, take take these jobs and create our own situation. That has happened. And I also it just it's the sense of just the whole stereotype of uh of living together. Mm-hmm. I find that real interesting, but at the same time, shit, you done save a lot of damn money too. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, we really need to take and learn things from each other. We need to share, share our things, right. really exchange culture and build on what we have. Like, yeah, especially exactly. if we live in communities together, but we're not talking to each other. All right, yeah, we live in communities together, and the reason why we're conflicting is because there's some gang that's kind of keeping us away, yeah. keeping us kind of frightened from each other. And all that really is just some bullshit. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. You know, like, like, oh, you want you want Mexican to cut your grass, like, cause he'll do it for cheap for you know cheaper labor. That's cool, but eventually he's gonna be like, shit, I can cut that person's grass too. I can, I can make money off of this. I can start my own business, and exactly. I can charge you. You know, there there'll be a, an extra, you know, behind that because now I'm like, okay, now I'm allowing myself to like give you my time to cut the grass. You know, I'm gonna do that. You know what I mean? So like, I definitely understand where you're coming from. Like, there's a, like, there's an idea behind it. Like, first, it's like, hey, can you cut my grass? I'm like, yeah. But then the idea comes, you know, along with it. Like, well, shit, if this person wants to grass, because like, there's all these, all these neighborhoods. I'm sorry, all these like, these lawns. I can do, I can do every single one. You know, and start making my own kind of money. You know what I mean? So like, it doesn't just go from one person hiring you. It goes from multiple people hiring you. Then you got enough money to hire people to do it for you. Mm-hmm. And then like, it just, so I see what you're saying. Yeah. And I, and I would I, definitely share that it's, information. It's, it's extremely enterprising. It's extremely enterprising. I feel like you have, you know, people in certain, you know, pockets yeah. of the, you know, of the black community who do that. Open yeah. up restaurants, do these really authentic things that may, you know, were inspired from their culture. And, uh, or just, you know, Spark the idea, like, let me do this. I'm real great at this. I got a degree in this. Yeah. Let me help people with this. And I feel like that's a, something that we both should share. That's something that we both should understand and also find how to really capitalize on these things and really make things happen, fighting for each other. Yeah. Um, if, there's, if there's some, you know, language barrier, there's, you know, plenty. I, I, majority of the people who taught me Spanish in college were black people. There is this language yeah. barrier. If you have a situation with immigration and all these different things, we should represent each other. And especially if there's someone who's been here, established themselves, whatever, whatever, it shouldn't be this reason why we should only stay with our people. 
Yeah. Or, or, or feel the need to go to some white person because we we just automatically assume they qualify because of their color. Yeah. yeah like, oh, he gonna get me that. He Jewish. I mean, yeah. He gonna give me some money. <laughs> he gonna give me whatever I need because he just lawyer. Yeah. Is that a thing? It's, we gotta get out of this because that's honestly not true. And it's it's insulting in both ways. Exactly. You automatically assuming that this Jewish individual is gonna give you the world. And, and also, yeah. And, and also demeaning the person who gives this person all this power, quote yeah. unquote. And I feel like it's, it's a very interesting world we live in, but I feel like millennials now getting up on game with the power of the internet. Yeah. We've passed the bullshit and we really calling that shit out all the time. Things are definitely changing because of the, like, well, because of the internet, you know what I mean? Like there's businesses starting, you know, like people are, are promoting themselves, Instagram, you know, Snapchat. My, I'm, I'm sorry, Facebook, I'm about to say MySpace, and how old am I? But you know, like, there's like everything, man, like a lot of things start from the internet. Yeah. Like, you know, at least nowadays, you know, obviously it was a lot harder back then, but, you know, people on the come up are people of color, which is great. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, like, I feel like that knowledge is already starting to be spread. You know, it'd be like, oh, it's not, it's not necessarily like, oh, I'm gonna like, let me, let me give you the game plan. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh shit, if he can do it, then I'm gonna do it too. You see what I mean? So like, and I feel like people are definitely jumping on that, which, is, which is a great thing. That's very true. Yeah. So, last last thing is, I got a quiz, and it's goofy, but it's my surprise little, you know, curveball. <laughs> All right. And it's the quiz good. is titled, and I got it from quoteV.com. Okay. How Hispanic are you? How Hispanic am I? You know, that's my little thing. Anywho. So, first question. I think it's nine questions. All right, we can get through these quick. First of all, are you Hispanic, parentheses, okay. or of Hispanic descent? Well, the word Hispanic is an umbrella term for, you know, all cultures of Latino, like, mm-hmm. or Lat- yeah, Latino um, backgrounds or ethnicity. So I'm a Mexican-American. Mm-hmm. And, um, my skin is definitely brown. So, if that, if that answers the question, that's how Hispanic I am. <laughs> nope. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you keep the pots and pans? And the answers are, in the cabinets, in, I don't know what the hell is it. In the cabinets, in my kitchen, they're hung up on walls and such, in the stove and oven. So, yeah, we had nothing, nothing to hang that shit up on because we don't got no island. Like our kitchen was small as hell. We threw that shit in the stove. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when you're talking, what do people usually say about the loudness of your voice? They say I should stop yelling, even though that's fair. I, I choose the one that makes the most sense. Uh, I have a deep voice, so like a very monotone as well, but. If I do get loud, you know, they'd be like, damn, why are you yelling? Like, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, all right, my bad. <laughs> oh, good, I got that one. Yeah. All right, and what language do you talk to your parents and what language do they talk to you? I, I talk to my parents in English, uh, but my, <laughs> my parents are Mexican-American, but also from Texas, so Tex-Mex applies, and they'll, <laughs> and they'll do it in both, and I'm like, okay. You know, so it's that, yeah, that, like they'll start a sentence in Spanish and finish it in English, or they'll fi- start a sentence in English, I'm sorry, in Spanish and finish it in English, or vice versa, there you go. They <laughs> say vice versa. Yeah, <laughs> vice versa. <laughs> That's so crazy. All right. Okay, what music types are most likely to be found in your iPod? Mostly bachata, merengue, salsa, cumbia. 
cumbia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what half the rest of these are. Dur, Durangan, Su, Nortenaz, etc. And some English music, mostly English and like two or three Spanish songs. A little, a lot of both. I like to mix it up every now and then. Man, if you go to my part right now, it's straight hip hop music. Some country, because I'm from Texas, I like to drink beer. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, some song, some music, yeah, you know, if I, you know, I'll play it, but, you know, it's not, not my main thing to go to. Good, I feel that. Mm -hmm. What would you describe as your typical dinner? Typical dinner? Mm hmm. Whew, man, yeah, my dad is a bomb cook, man, so carne asada with uh, some nice, you know, some rice. <laughs> And some beans. <laughs> that's so that's natural. That's a I'm just gotta see these. He like he's there to get like I'm glad I'm not telling him. And you know, some some like, you know, they we do make homemade like flour tortillas back. <laughs> Yeah, for real. Oh, okay. That's how it goes, man. Next question, because you, you never said it in verbatim. Yeah. Okay. Uh, man, that's that's hilarious. Uh, how many cousins do you have? Oh shit. Oh snap. Uh, I'm, man. Crying. I'm crying. <laughs> on my mom's side, like that I can count, probably like 15. On my dad's Bro, side, this you. I know you're not reading this. I know, I'm not. I'm not even looking at it, man. That's, oh my on, god. On my dad's side, I don't even know. Like I have, I have black cousins. You know what I'm saying? It's like I don't. I have no, my 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 dad has eight aunts, and they all have cut. They all have daughters and. You know, sons and shit. I have no idea, bro. I haven't met them all. Okay, I'm gonna now. <laughs> okay, okay, we're almost done here. You and your family are in a five passenger car, and there's eight of you inside. What does your Tia or Tia say? Hurry up, get the fuck in, or I'm leaving you here. <laughs> or like, sit on his lap. <laughs> yeah, no, we make it happen, man. We'll we'll pile him in there, cause we're not we're not making two trips. <laughs> So one of these one of these answers says, "Subanse to toden todavia cabin mas," which they translate as "hop in a few more still." <laughs> yes, I'm too yeah. now. Okay, last question: Are you a proud Hispanic? Yeah, definitely, man. I'm definitely proud to be, uh, you know, Mexican American. You know, I love my my culture, the heritage, everything behind it. The food is the best part about it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, absolutely. Calculating results. Ultimate Hispanic was your results. <laughs> you're proud of your Hispanic. heritage. You <laughs> love telling people that you're Hispanic and you take pride in your language, food, music, and way of life. Whether you're Dominican, Mexican, Puerto Rican, Cuban, Colombian, etc., TNS, or Gulo. Or Gullo. <laughs> yeah, no, I know I ain't do good in Spanish. But I'm glad you. I'm glad you uh, gave me your time, bro. Um, yeah, absolutely. It was. This was great. This was great. And I, I can only imagine after I put this together and edit this, it's gonna be great with you got all this music and everything. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's gonna be. It's gonna be popping. It's gonna be hot. I really want to thank everybody who gave me their time for just giving me this. You know, good little bit of time just to listen, play this, share this, give this out to you, all your friends. I want to really, you know, shout out to people who've been supporting me. I want to shout out Snatch That Weave Podcast. You gotta check it out. It's Snatch that weed podcast. Yeah. I'll definitely. It's three, 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 three lovely ladies uh, who 
record locally in Chicago. They feature me on their podcast. I plan on featuring all of them on mine. Yeah. And they're amazing. Check their podcast out. You can check out my podcast, the Simply King Podcast, hey. on everything that podcasts are played on from iTunes to TuneIn Radio app, Stitcher, and as well as Podcasts in Color. Podcasts uh, in Color, I like yes, that. Yes, yes, it's, it's, it's a cool little thing, cool little registry. So, check back with me next week, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna be in the A coming in a few days. So, definitely, definitely, definitely keep listening, share, love y'all. See y'all soon. Peace. Try to stop me, it's gonna be some dreadhead niggas in your lobby.